Building a business is hard. Maintaining healthy relationships with those that you care about is hard. Staying fit and healthy in your body, your mind, and your emotions is hard. This podcast is about finding and sharing tools, strategies, and experiences that may help you to achieve and maintain moderate success in your life, whatever that means to you. There is a ton of content created by the billionaires, the ultra-successful athletes, and by people that are at a level that the vast majority of us will just never get to. And if you're anything like me, I'm totally okay with that. This is a place where we talk about how to build a great business, but not necessarily a massive one. A place to talk about how we build a life that is balanced and integrated, but not necessarily optimized to levels that are not realistic for most of us. In short, it's a place where we explore how to be moderately successful. The work will always remain yours, and for the most part, it's simple, but not easy. I want to challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. I want to challenge you to take whatever resonates with you from this episode and to teach it to somebody that you think will benefit from it, and to do so in the next 24 hours. This will embed the learnings for yourself, and you'll be helping someone else as well as the podcast. Lastly, please share this with whoever you think needs to have this in their lives. The more reach we can get, the more impact we can have. With that said, let's get into it. Hey, everybody, it's good to be back. Today, I want to talk about sort of the broad topic of what I just referred to as positioning. So it, it might not be what everyone refers to as positioning, it might be niching or segmenting or whatever you want to call it. But I'm just going to call this topic positioning because this is where we learned about this and, and this is kind of how I think about it. So before we got really deep into this, it was something that I'd never really thought about. And to be honest, as we got deeper and deeper into this, it became quite clear to me that I, at this stage anyway, quite a strong opinion that I that I maybe loosely hold is that positioning is quite possibly the most underrated thing that can give you a completely competitive advantage in business and can leapfrog you forward. For us, it was the difference between just kind of plodding along and accelerating very quickly towards much, much larger success and then ultimately an acquisition. And it's not easy to do. It's, it's actually very difficult to do. And I remember, I think it was a guy called Keith Jones who said to me, I think it was him in some work that he was doing with us. He, he said something along the lines of, you know, positioning is not so much a process of strategy or strategic thinking, but it's more actually an exercise in courage. And that stuck with me because when you're going through positioning processes in your business or your consultancy or whatever, you've got to be willing to say no to stuff without really knowing if you should say no to it. So it's very, it can be really scary. And, and that's, that's the sort of courage part of it. So I want to kind of talk you through our journey and, or should I say my journey, and hopefully something resonates with you. So I think it's almost become cliche now, but, but there was this realization that, that we were told actually, and then we had, which was when you are trying to be everything to everyone, you actually just become nothing to everyone. You become completely kind of irrelevant. And what does that mean in a business? Well, for us, you know, we were a software development business. And basically what that meant was if you could afford us and kind of that was the end of it. If you could afford us, we would work with you and we would build your project. And quite arrogantly or, or maybe naively, we, we had this view that like, you know, whether you're building for fintech or health tech or reg tech or you name the kind of tech, there's no difference in what you're doing. You're building software and software is software. And that's not untrue, but the nuances and the subject matter expertise, et cetera, do change and you can actually become a specialist in these areas, even if it doesn't change what you actually do. The way that it's positioned and how you speak to your target audience changes a lot and it matters a lot. So 
the first sort of place that I think I really got into this was through a guy that I still follow who's who's really, really worthwhile following if you into this positioning stuff, especially if you play in the sort of agency type world. And his name is David C. Baker, and he's got an awesome podcast called Two Bobs. We actually worked with him and, and it was it was pretty great. So a lot of what I was inspired by and have taken comes from him, but he's an absolute expert and specialist on this. So if you want to go deep, go and go and check out his stuff. So the first sort of realization that I had was the stuff that we care about our clients and prospective clients probably just don't. And I actually remember bringing that to my partners and they got really angry with me. I remember it quite clearly. I was like, guys, you know, the fact that we care so much about code quality and process and standards and all of the stuff, like hate to break it to you, but like our clients just don't give a shit about this. And they got really angry with me about that. I remember that quite clearly. And we had to kind of work through this, but it came from this, this realization that nobody gives a shit about what your business does. They only care about what your business can do for them. So whether what you do can get them through or over an obstacle or a challenge. And that was a fundamental shift for my thinking that, okay, this is interesting. I've actually got to stop talking about us. I've got to stop talking about what we care about. I've got to stop talking about what we think we're good at. And I've got to start looking at everything through the lens of our potential or prospective client. That alone is very difficult. And that then raised the question, okay, but then who is our perfect target client? Because it can't just be anyone who's prepared to spend money on building tech. So we went through a long, long process here. And most businesses that I come across, and I speak to a lot of founders and a lot of leaders, and you know, the ones that do this really well are, are generally pretty damn successful. But I come across a lot of successful leaders that are not doing this well, and they could be a whole lot more successful. And that is but they don't actually stop and take the time to say, okay, who is our target customer? Who's our perfect client and why? And actually map out the characteristics, the attitudes, the values, the, the attributes of that client that is the perfect fit for you. So for us, you know, it might have been, I'll just pick some generic ones. It might have been like, has a high respect for what we do, uh, has X budget to spend on the kind of things that we do, falls under this sort of category of spend, et cetera, et cetera. Most businesses don't even do that. But even of the ones that do that, that actually sit and think about what the target client looks like, very few take the next step, which is, cool, so now we have the perfect client. We know exactly who we want to go after. Great. The next question is much harder to answer and actually where the rubber really hits the road. And that is that, okay, but why are we particularly relevant to them? And that's a difficult question because the answer is normally, well, you're not. But it can give you hints and it can get you started on a, on a journey, which is to really start investigating and experimenting with how do you become hyper-relevant to that specific target? And it might sound silly, it might sound obvious, but lots of people don't even do this. It's a great opportunity to start speaking to that target audience. So in our case, we went through many, many iterations here and we ended up at, at Nona in our target was blockchain and fintech scale-ups. And our definition of scale-up, for lots of reasons, was basically they had hit product market fit and they had raised a significant amount of money. Now, we didn't have an exact amount of money, but the point of this was that we kind of realized that fundamentally, we were very well suited for building stuff that was not safe to fail. And we were also well suited to organizations that were no longer trying to get the cheapest possible price for things but rather those that had raised some capital and they, their problem had changed from trying to get as much as they can from the little bit of seed capital they had raised maybe to, oh, wait, now we've actually got a whole bunch of cash and actually our problem is velocity. So their, their problem had changed from 
cash constraints to time constraints and getting things out quicker. So once we had sort of figured that out and it took us a long time, the question then became, okay, but how do we become super relevant to these people? And and this is where it gets difficult because sometimes the answer is like, well, we're just not. But then you have to, I guess there's a path, there's a, there's a choice that you need to have conviction that you can become very relevant to these people. So then you got to go out and talk to these people, talk to these companies, figure out what their real pain points is, understand the things that scare them, the things that excite them, and then begin refining and going deeper on the parts of your business that speak directly to those fears, wants, insecurities, etc. And there's a great exercise that you can actually do here, which I think a guy called Glenn Carlson told me this a few years ago in Sydney, and maybe I've changed it. But what, what we did quite often and what I sometimes talk to founders about is once you've kind of set that, who do we want to go after? And you're now sort of really talking to them and engaging with them and trying to understand all the things that they really want and need and are challenged by so that you can meet those needs. There's a cool exercise that I call the 100 fears exercise, where you basically put that client in your mind and you sit down with your leadership team and you don't leave the room until you've written down 100 fears, insecurities, or challenges of that target client. And you'll end up, it's quite easy to get to like 10, 20, 30, but to write down 100 actually gets quite difficult. It's quite a tough exercise, but you'll end up with a bunch of themes. Most likely you'll end up with, I don't know, somewhere between like three to 10 themes of what the client is scared by. And the reason you do this is because from that point onward, no piece of marketing material, no LinkedIn post, nothing should go out of your business if it isn't speaking directly to one of those fears, insecurities, challenges, etc. So you stop assuming that you know what people want and you stop talking about yourself as a business and you only talk to the things that you know or strongly assume are the fears and insecurities and challenges of those businesses. So you're talking to them in their language, not your language. And what are you doing there? You're becoming more and more relevant to them. I'm making it sound like kind of simple and kind of easy and, and kind of quick. But just to give you context, I think this process probably took us about three years to figure out. Maybe we were slow studies, but the point is it starts with the kind of acknowledgement that nobody cares about your business at all. They don't care about what you're good at. They don't care about the things you care about. They don't care about the things that you think are unique. They only care about how those things will help them get through or over a challenge, an obstacle, a problem, et cetera. And when we can acknowledge that, it's actually quite freeing because we suddenly can shift our language from it's all about us, it's all about me, it's all about how awesome we are to it's all about you. It's all about the target customer. It's all about how we can help them get over or through an obstacle. And when you do that, you start to position yourself as being extremely relevant to that particular type of customer. And for us, that had massive impact on the rates that we were able to charge, it showed us where we needed to focus. It allowed us to say no to a whole lot of stuff that we otherwise would have probably said yes to. And then ultimately, it led to an acquisition of the business, which I don't think could have happened if we hadn't done this work earlier on and really focused in on this. This stuff is not easy. It requires ongoing iteration, experimentation, willingness to be wrong. It requires a dropping of your ego because you've got to go out and figure these things out and ask people questions. But there is massive opportunity in doing this. And if you get it right, you increase the optionality of your business. You, you increase what you can say no to. You increase the amount that you can charge. And as David C. Baker speaks a lot about, you can then begin your journey of moving from a vendor to an expert. And we'll talk about that a lot more. But 
there's a fundamental thing in a services business that plagued us was when you're seeing from the client's view as a vendor, you're commoditized and everything is a negotiation based on price. There's not much respect. You don't really get to guide them. It's really just a price negotiation. When you can shift yourself into an expert view from the client side, then it's different. No longer are you commoditized. It's a different relationship because then the client comes to you and effectively says, hey, you guys are the best or you're super well positioned. Please guide us along this process. Everything shifts. It's no longer a price negotiation. Usually you can follow your own process because they've come to you and they've asked you as the expert to guide them through a process. And I mean, that's just massive. If you're running a services business, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. So look, I've really just scratched the surface on this stuff. But for me, this process of firstly acknowledging that when you just accept anything and you try to be everything to everyone, you're actually nothing to everybody. When you can really do the work and figure out who you really want to work with, and then take the next step and try to figure out how to become really relevant to those people. And if you can shift yourself from being seen as a vendor to being seen as an expert, your business will radically, radically change. Charge more money, have less stress, take on better projects, attract and retain better people, and ultimately just be more successful than what you're trying to do. So there's a massive amount of depth in all of these subjects, and I'd urge you to go and research them yourself. I'll just share some very cool resources I've already mentioned David C. Baker, his podcast is called Two Bobs. Another book that really helped me along this journey was called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And he's got a bunch of courses and things as well. Those were super, super useful for me. So hopefully something in here was valuable to you. As always, please, my payment that I ask for for this podcast is to share this with your friends, your family, your colleagues, if you got value from it. The more people that I can reach, that's what keeps me going with this. So, so please do share this far and wide. And leave us a rating and a review would be fantastic as well. Otherwise, I hope you got some value and I'll see you again soon. If you want to talk about working with me as a business improvement coach, please reach out either on mike at smbmastery.com.au or you can find me on LinkedIn. Please do share this podcast with whoever you think will get value from it. And if you have five minutes, please do give us a rating and review. They really do help with making the podcast visible. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll be back soon with the next episode.